Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. I got Mark Paquette, and we're going to be breaking down Tuesday's slate. We got a large slate. You know, we enjoyed our Memorial Day. Hopefully, all of our listeners had a great day. It was a basically a two-slate uh, two day. It was a tough slate. A lot of things happened, a little wonky. Max got, you know, he had a good day, but he got a little bit roughed up. Cole did his thing for the most part. But let's get directly into this. Tuesday slate, and we're starting in San Diego uh, versus New York. We're at Yankee Stadium. We have a great matchup here for the Yankees going against Lauer. Anytime a lefty is facing these Yankees the last couple of weeks, you got to attack the pitcher. You got Torres who's swinging a hot bat. Sanchez, Voigt, Frazier hit another home run on Monday. Pretty much everybody in this lineup is approachable. One through six, one through seven. The Yankees going to come in as one of the top stacks, if not the top stack. I can't see myself, you know, pitching Lauer. And on the back side of things, Tanaka has been good. He's probably going to be one of the bigger favorites, you know, going into tomorrow. His K upside is there. But at the same time, I think there's better people on the slate for his price tag on FanDuel at 9600 Not someone I'm going to go directly target. But somebody, you know, you could put into your, your player pool, um, but not the top guy for me. How do you see this game breaking down, Mark? Well, Lauer has been surprisingly good, giving up one earned run in each of his last two starts. However, it's not the Yankees, as you just said. They are hitting everyone right now, even though all their seemingly best players aren't even playing. They just continue to hit the ball. Lauer's last two starts were both at home against Arizona and Pittsburgh, and he went, uh, yeah, like I said, only gave up one earned run each time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say don't play the Yankees. I'm just saying that this guy may not be the worst pitcher in the world. Yeah, not the worst, but it's probably one of the worst matchups on the board. It's been, I live in New York. It's been hot in New York the last couple of days. Reached around 90 degrees today. They they faced a tough lefty or a tougher lefty than Lauer. And still got to him. Um, the Padres bullpen is one of the better bullpens in the league, but I think this this game is still stackable. Frazier, Voigt, um, Sanchez, Torres, Lemayhu. It's going to be a little bit expensive, but if we can find some value, you know, pitchers and value plays in the rest of these games, I think this Yankee stack is one of the top stacks of the night. But let's go into Cincinnati. Uh, they had a double header on Monday. They basically exhausted most of their bullpen. We're not really sure who's starting for Cincinnati, but we know it's not going to be a frontline starter by any means because their only frontline starter is really Luis Castillo. And Pittsburgh got to him yesterday. Um, and at the same time, Sonny Gray went in a doublehead in the second game. So we're probably going to see a spot where we can attack some of these you know, Pittsburgh bats. A guy like Bell hit another home run. Polanco, Marte hit a home run. So depending on who Cincinnati rolls out, I think they're they're all stackable. Pittsburgh's not the strongest lineup, but it's 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 a great ballpark for hitting. So once we see who's starting, I think we can you know look to attack some of these Pittsburgh bats and get them into your lineups. On the backside of things, Jordan Lyles had a has is having a resurgent year. He had a rough start his last start, but the two before that versus San Diego and St. Louis, 12K, 6Ks. 64, 43 points. Coming in at 8,600, you know, 
He's a guy that's going to be in your player pool. Again, not the top guy on the slate, but someone you got to think about, you know, if you want to be a little bit different. I think there's better plays, you know, ahead of him, but someone you can keep in mind if you want to be a little sneaky for GPPs. And, you know, for the most part, these Cincy Bats, not not a team that I really want to stack. Um, there's better, better teams on the slate, but a guy like Votto is still cheap at 2,900. Um, and there's a couple other plays in his lineup. If you want to get cute, you can play him, but they don't come in as one of the top stacks. What do you think about this game, Mark? Seems like every time that a Pirates pitcher is somewhat chalky, and I'm thinking Joe Musgrove a couple times uh, starts ago, he got blown up. And like you said, Jordan Miles was pretty popular in his last start, and he did not do well at all. So I will think because of it's such a big slate that he probably will not be very chalky. So, yeah, go for him. <laughs> Yeah, someone, like I said, in, in cash games, stay away. In GPPs, these, these guys in the 7,000, 8,000 range on FanDuel have been paying out so far this year. And we're going to see another one in Dylan Bundy at 7,200, pitching at home versus Detroit. And what could be, you know, somewhat of a pitcher's duel, even though Baltimore is a, it's a hitter's park traditionally. You got Matthew Boyd, who's pitching lights out. You know, if he took his, you know, his overall season to start. Um, but these these Baltimore bats have been turning around. A guy like Nunez, Mancini, there's there's some power throughout this entire lineup. So Boyd coming in with probably one of the better matchups if you take the first couple weeks of the year um, and you were playing against the, the Baltimore team that, you know, started this year. But they've been pretty strong as of late. So it's kind of a scary spot. You know, we wouldn't be saying this early in the season. We'd be pitching Boyd all day long. Um, but Boyd's got one of the strike, highest strikeout upside on the slate. Coming in at 10-2, you might want to lock him in as your, as your cash game play. But these, these Orioles have been sneaky good. So I'm not getting a great read on this game. Bundy, on the other hand, at 7,200, he might be the safer play in this game the way Baltimore has been playing. Detroit's pretty terrible. Um, they haven't been hitting, you know, here and there, they, they put together a couple good games, but if you look at what Bundy's done in two of his last four starts, he's dropped 44 versus Cleveland and 44 versus Tampa. Um, and his K's have been going up eight, four, two, seven, five. He's probably in line for, you know, a, a pretty good matchup tomorrow. So at 7,200, he's going to be one of your greater value plays on FanDuel. How do you see this game playing out? Do you see it as a pitcher's duel with Boyd and Bundy in a 3-2 game? Or do you think Baltimore gets to Boyd? Or, or do you think something I like. I like Bundy. I like the Bundy choice that you just said. Detroit just doesn't have a lot of pop. Now, when you look on the Baltimore side, like you said, you have some lefty killers in there, especially Nunez, that third baseman. He, can, he just kills lefties. I forgot – all about him today when I said that Norris was my sneaky play of the day. And Norris would have had a pretty good day if except if it wasn't for Nunez. Whenever you see a lefty on the mound, it really doesn't matter who it is. Nunez is, is in play. Boyd, yes, he has strikeout potential, but he's had two 10-plus strikeout games on the year. Those were his first two starts. Yeah, he's had a lot of seven, eights, and nines since then, but... Um, I mean, if you really want your top arm, you want him to have a chance at 10Ks. I know 10Ks isn't a cakewalk. I mean, look at Max today. He only ended up with six. So, yeah, 
I mean, I, I like sort of like Bundy. I like the savings. Uh, put, plug in Nunez, and, and let's go from there. Yeah, I think Bundy, you know, you're not going to get a 50-point game, but it might be a good spot just to take the value at 7,200. Let him get your 6Ks, go six innings, get your quality start. And if he gets the win, he gets the win. If not, if we can get 30 to 35 points from Bundy at 7,200, I think that's the safer play of the slate as I'm looking at it right now. Um, I don't see anybody else in that range that looks as good as he does with the strikeout potential in a matchup. You know, if they're playing Detroit, I'd probably hit the lock button on Monday at 7,200. But now they're in Baltimore, not so great of a park to pitch in. But let's see how the weather is tomorrow. If it's not so hot, um, that might give him a bump. If the wind's blowing in, might give him a bump. Just enough, you know, for me to hit the lock button on, on Bundy in cash and maybe, you know, you know go ahead and, and stack these uh, these Baltimore Orioles against Boyd. But I will lean more towards the pitching and maybe going with a one-off with a guy like Nunez. Nobody from this Detroit lineup will do anything for me. But let's go into Philadelphia. You got Pavetta versus Rainwright. Um, if you told me in the beginning of the year that Pavetta's going to be 6,500 at home, I'd be kind of shocked. He hasn't been good. Wainwright's been battling. This Philly lineup, you know, hasn't done anything overly impressive. I would love to play Pavetta at 6,500 here, but just can't do it. The, you know, he's pitched four times. He's coming off, you know, being in the minor leagues. He got recalled. He's been doing a little bit better from what I hear in the minor leagues, but at the same time, I can't trust him, you know, first start out in Philadelphia. So I'm going to hit the avoid button. Philadelphia, we can attack Rainwright. He's been battling through games, never really getting blown up too badly, um, except when he played the Cubs about three weeks ago. Other than that, he's been hanging in games. Um, and his Philly offense is not a Philly offense that, you know, really I want to attack pitchers against. So I'm going to pretty much fade this game from a pitching standpoint. But I think you can maybe attack Pavetta here with some Cardinals bats in Philadelphia. How do you see this game playing out? It's a weird game for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, to see something here and maybe take a chance on a guy like Pavetta or take a chance on Wainwright. But I'd rather take Bundy for a couple dollars more. And like I said earlier, New York's in a better spot. We might even have Pittsburgh in a better spot. And we got a game in Boston I really like coming up. So this might be just a fade game for me. What are you thinking, Mark? Pavetta has 50 strikeouts in the 37 innings that he was sent down to AAA. I haven't heard anything else besides that. But, I mean, just that K potential there has got to be promising, right? And he basically, as low as you get a price starting pitcher on FanDuel. On the other side, Adam Wainwright has been really bad on the road. He's been really bad recently. He's given up eight runs in his last nine innings. Yeah, I know the Phillies' bats aren't lighting the world on fire, but they're coming home to a good-hitting park. I think they get the Wainwright. And on the other hand, I think Pavetta pitches well enough to win. Yeah, Pavetta, he's going to see some ownership. You know, at 6,500, he's got some name value. The Phillies should come in as a favorite here, but... Like I said earlier, Bundy's only $700 more expensive. I would lean Bundy over Pavetta. I think he's got a better matchup overall. So 
I can see it going both ways. I think he's going to have some ownership, so I'll feed the ownership here and, you know, look to go to Bundy in a similar spot. Um, we have the next game. We have these Miami Marlins who have been – they don't hit bad pitching, but then they hit good pitching. You know, they kind of got to Max. They didn't, like, blow him up, but got his pitch count up. They didn't really K as much as they should have. They didn't say anything to the Grom. I don't really see see myself paying paying sixty six hundred for Samarja. He's had a terrible year. His K's been up a little bit, but he's not lasting more than five and six innings. Even though the matchup says you know attack Miami, Miami's been tougher. You know as of late, they brought up some new bats. Guys like Walker and Granderson are still in the lineup here. So I'm gonna see you know I, again. I think a couple people are going to see Samarja at 6,600 and look to attack here. But again, I think Bundy's in a better spot. If you want to be different, I can see you playing a guy like Samarja or even playing a guy like Richards. Richards has been good. San Francisco is another lineup that you want to attack. Uh, Richards is coming in with a 4.14 ERA. Um, His Ks have been creeping up five, six Ks a game. Look, at 7,500, if you can get 30 points, 35 points out of Richards, it makes sense. But again, I'm kind of comparing everybody to Bundy in the same spot. And I like Bundy both better than both these guys in a similar price range. And these offenses is not an offense that I'm going to attack. Do you like Richards over a guy like Bundy? Or do you like Samarja over a guy like Pavetta? How do you see these two pitchers? Because we're obviously not taking any bats from this lineup. So what do you think about these two pitchers? I think at this point, I, I've, I've determined that I am not just going to blindly pick on Miami anymore. They're not going to, like you said, they're not going to score a ton of runs, but they make pitchers work and they don't strike out a ton. And, and for DFS purposes, that's not a good um, recipe to, for success when you're picking on that team. It's like you said today with Max, he didn't pitch bad, but he went six innings, six Ks. He had a, Basically, 100 pitches through four innings, you knew he wasn't going to go much more. I think that's what Miami yep. will do to you. San Francisco, on the other hand, is popless. They don't have much home run hitting potential, but they tend to strike out a little bit more. So if you're going to pick a pitcher in this game, even though he's more expensive, I go Richards, and I, I really don't like him either. So this is sort of a fade game for me. I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm not picking on the, the, the arms, but I'm not going to pick on the bats either. Yeah, when you have two, you know, decent pitchers versus two terrible lineups, you know, if if we knew or we had a good feeling that one of them was going to come in as a heavy favorite, you get those extra points, it makes sense. But in a situation like this, I don't think you're getting, you know, any kind of lock from a, a win standpoint, and you're not really getting a quality start from Samarja. So, you know, I'd rather take the chance on a higher strikeout potential of Bundy here than those two guys. But on two pitcher sites, if you want to get sneaky and they're cheap on DraftKings, you know, I see the play, I see the matchup. Um, but again, I, I think Bundy on FanDuel makes more sense. Now this is a game that you pretty much, you know, you want to get your bats from here. Cleveland versus Boston. They're bringing in, a, you know, a rookie, Plesak. Um, He's almost min-salary on FanDuel. Not somebody that I'm, I'm going to even think about. This is where I want to get my bats from. He's a righty. Boston's a good hitter's park. Guys like Devers, Benetendi, Betts, Martinez, Moreland, pretty much one through seven Bogarts. You can grab anybody from this lineup tomorrow. 
Stack them up with your Yankees. Get a Boston Yankee stack. There's some great pitching options that are cheap here. These are the two stacks outside of Colorado, which we'll talk about, that I think you want to grab your bats from. Price, on the other hand, um, I'm going to leave to you. You tell me what you think about Price. You're from, you know, you're, you like these Boston. You like Boston as a team. I know they're your favorite team. What's your reading on Price versus... Um. He's not he's he's gonna keep you in the game. He's the classic veteran lefty, but he's not the crafty lefty. He he still has some good stuff, but he he they have bigger eyes, eyes set on bigger prizes. Their regular season is they know they're gonna probably gonna make the playoffs, even though they struggled so much in April, they have a wild card spot in their grasp now. They have really set their sights on more October rather than the regular season. And so when it comes to regular season baseball, you're going to see Price and Sale and Porcello go a lot of five, six inning games, not asked to go really deep, not being able to put up huge stats because of that. On the other hand, the bats are certainly on play. Plezak, this is his only his third start above the AA level. That tells me he's probably very raw. He would most likely be nervous uh, facing the defending World Series champions, probably walk a bunch of guys, a lot of traffic on the bases. All we need is a three-run homer or a grand slam, and your night is made in DFS. Now, do you think, you know, with Price being probably the biggest favorite when these lines come out um, on Tuesday morning or late Monday, he's he's going to be in line for the win. Um, Cleveland, they brought up Mercado. Um, Ramirez is still not hitting. They don't scare me. I think, you know, from a, if I, if you told me that I get six innings or six and a half innings at a price, I like the price at 8,400 because I think he gets a quality start. And I think he gets a win. Uh, his win percentage is going to be the highest of the slate. But if you're telling me they're watching his pitch count, they're looking into the playoffs, it worries me a little bit for 8,400. So he's someone that's going to be, more of a GPP play for me at that price, but I can see him breaking out and maybe getting a 40-point game, a 45-point game. And at 8,400, you want some of that, you know, action in your GPP. So he's going to be someone that is going to be in my player pool, and when I'm making my GPP lineups, if he if I land in that spot around 8,400, I think he makes a lot of sense um, that, from a GPP. Remember this, too. His last start, he only went 15, uh, 15 pitches and was lifted in the middle of the first inning against Houston because of a minor injury concern that really wasn't announced. It was really it, – it, I'm looking on FanDuel. It just says illness. It never really talked about what was going on. With Price, obviously very injury-prone. That's something else to keep in mind. Yeah, no, you're right on that. Did you hear what what he really got pulled for? You know, I, I see FanDuel here saying illness as well. Yeah. Is it – was it was it anything more than that? Did you hear anything else? Or if, if it was anything more than that, they kept it hush hush. Really, for a guy of Price's stature, uh, I, I did not hear anything further than that after he came out of that game against Houston. Interesting. So I'm gonna look into you know see if I see any more reports you know later on tonight or tomorrow morning and see if I see anything out there. If he's clear, there's no pitch count, and I think he's in line for the win. He's probably your, one of your safest guys for 30, 35 points. Um, so you might be someone you want to look for your GPPs. Now we got these Rays 
who have been just getting to everybody, you know, kind of won some people some money in the early slate on Memorial Day. Now they face Clayton Richard. They have power from the right side with uh, Garcia and Pham. You know, Meadows has been hitting, you know, lights out. Uh, Robertson's there. Travis Darno had a monster game, you know, on Memorial Day. This is going to be your sneaky stack. You know, everybody's going to look to go to Boston, go to the Yankees, go to Colorado. But, again, the Rays have been winning people money this year so far. I'm not going to – it looks like it's going to be a bullpen game with maybe Stanek and Yarbrough kind of teaming up. But I'm going to avoid pretty much the Blue Jays pitching staff and hitters. And if I'm going to attack this game, I'm going to I'm gonna grab some of these righty bats from Tampa Bay that I mentioned, like Garcia and Pham. I think Pham's a good one-off. He's going to come in, you know, with some power. He has a platoon matchup. I think he's in play at, at 3,800. Um, as a good one-off, obviously you want him in your stack if you're going to be stacking this game up too. This game's going to go highly on their own. It's a large slate. I think for GPPs, your, your low-priced GPPs, you take a chance here with Tampa Bay. I think they come in way on their own, and they have just as much potential to blow up uh, Clayton Richard as you know the Yankees or, the, or Boston does. So I like Tampa as my sneaky stack call of the day. How do you, do you see anything differently playing out here, or do you agree with me, disagree with me? One thing we have to be very careful of here is uh, you mentioned Austin Meadows, who's basically, if he hadn't missed three weeks of the regular season with a sprained thumb, would be in the MVP conversation right now. He's a lefty. Their starter's a lefty. Tampa Bay does weird things when they go against the, the, the lefty-lefty matchup. Look for Austin Meadows to either be on the bench, which I hope not, or probably he'll probably be more likely hitting six. So, they just do some weird things. Now, Clayton Richards could certainly not last very long, and then all of a sudden you got righty-lefty matchups coming out of the, the Blue Jays' bullpen with right-handers coming in. So, yeah, I'm not going to be too scared off of the Rays in Austin Meadows and others just because it's Clayton Richard on the mound and he's left-handed. On the other side, you're going to get sick of me saying this, Jason. Vlad Guerrero, $2,800. I know it could be a bullpen game, but eventually he's going to break out. And every time I play a GPP, I will probably have Vlad in my lineup at $2,800. You can't really can't Yeah, Fandle, Fandle does not want to change his price. They, they keep tempting people to play him and play him and play him. He goes 0 for 4, 0 for 4, right. 0 for 3, and then he has that one game. He goes 3 for 5. Um I see the play. The guy has tremendous amount of power. His balls are flying out of the park pretty much every one every four days, one every five days. It looks like he's been streaky. You know, the days that he hits a home run, he usually follows that up the next couple games with some good games. Then he goes 0 for his next 10. So he's a tough guy to read, kind of inconsistent. Again, though, at 2,800, you want power when you're reaching down, you know, at these lower price points. So, I see the play, and if we if we see some Yarborough in the middle of that, you know, the middle of that game, maybe inning two through six, he makes a lot of sense. Um, so I understand the play. Again, if I'm in that range, I'm looking for a one-off. Guerrero obviously makes some sense there. I do agree with you. I would probably rather have him at home or in a better ballpark, and you know. To, Tampa Bay is going to be throwing righties at him as much as possible tomorrow. So not someone I'm really going to attack 
from a stacking point, but as a one-off, I can see the play. Now we're going into Atlanta, and we got Strasburg versus Max Fried. Strasburg, everybody's going to look to go to him. He's the, you know, the big ace, you know, so-called ace on the slate. He's got the highest K percentage on the slate. You know, looking at it, it's going to be between him and Boyd. But Atlanta is not a team you really want to attack too much, especially tomorrow. Do you know what the weather is going to be like in Atlanta? I know it's been hot in New York. It's going to be hot in Atlanta tomorrow. That definitely changes things for me a little bit when that Atlanta heat, you know, starts getting up there in the 90s and it's humid. Uh, really don't want to pick too many pitchers against this Atlanta lineup. It's deep. They're getting better by the day. 10-6 for Strasburg. It's a tough question. Do I want to take Boyd in a better matchup versus Baltimore? Or do I want to take the proven commodity in Strasburg versus Atlanta? It's a tough call for me right now. You know, right now, I think with the Yankees bats being expensive, the Red Sox bats being expensive, and we got Colorado coming up, I think I'm going to take the discount and avoid Strasburg. But the guy's good. You know, he has a floor probably of 30 points going into the matchup. He can get blown up. It's baseball. But you want to set your floor wherever you can. So if you can get a, a floor of 30 from your ace in your cash games, I'm not going to tell anybody not to pick Strasburg. But I'm going to lean probably somewhere a little bit cheaper because I don't want to match up against Freeman and Acuna and, and Riley and Swanson and Mark Henkes. They're all hitting. You know, they're all battling. Not a team that I really want to attack with a guy that's 10-6, you know, playing in what could be a hot spot tomorrow. How's the weather looking in Atlanta? Do you know how hot it's going to be tomorrow? It's going to be warm and humid. It's pretty typical. It's hump summer in Atlanta now. And But ask, you asking me about the weather did remind me that uh, you mentioned New York was has been really warm. Uh, it's going to cool off some there. In, in Baltimore and Philly, it won't be quite as warm as it's been either. So th- those could play some factors. But I will be keeping you guys well into the loop there. But Strasburg, like you said, um, I mean, I remember him coming in the league and everyone's like, this guy's a Hall of Famer and going to be a surefire number one for a long time. But, you know, he's been consistently good. I think what you said, the key word is his floor. He's a very high floor guy, but his upside, I'm looking at it. He's only reached over 60 fan duel points once. He's been over 50 fan duel points three times, including that 60 plus game. But still, I mean, I want the Max Scherzer of 2016 where he could pitch a no-hitter. And and basically a third of his starts, he had a no-hitter through six innings where you could basically just say, I'm getting 60 points from this guy tonight and move on. Strasburg isn't that guy, especially against a deep, like you said, a very deep, talented offensive team in Atlanta that just doesn't strike out a lot. And in your hitter's ballpark, I, I don't like that recipe there for Strasburg. Yeah, I'm staying away. I'm staying away from this game on both sides. Freed's been good. Washington, you know, they didn't even look good. You know, on Memorial Day, they were getting blown, blown by. You know, they, they lost another game. They've been struggling. Not a team that I want to attack from hitter standpoint. You know, not a great match. Maybe a one-off like Rendon makes some sense or Kendrick, but not a team that I want to really attack. And Freed's been pretty good. So I'm going to stay away from this game. I'm trying my One best more to cross it off. fact about so, that is a lot of people in the industry will look at temperatures at 80 or above, especially when it's humid, and fade Strasburg. He had had a history 
of not pitching well in the warmth at all. He sort of quieted that, quieted that a little bit last year where he did have a couple decent games in the warmth. But early in his career, he was very bad when it was warm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away at ten two. I mean at ten six, I'm gonna stay away. I think ten two with Boyd is a little bit better of a matchup. Um, so I'm gonna stay away from this game in its entirety. Now we got Martin Perez, who's been another guy with a resurgent year, um, going against Milwaukee at home versus Zach Davies. Milwaukee and Minnesota, two teams I do not want to touch at all. I'm going to be fading both these pitchers. I'm not even thinking about them. You can't pay me to play either one of these. You know, you have a lefty going against guys like Braun, Kane, um, and Yelich is hitting everybody these days. And on the backside of things, you got Davies versus Kepler, Rosario, Polanco, guys you don't really want to attack um, the Twins with either. So this is a stay-away spot for both pitchers. Both these teams are stackable. I still put the Yankees and the Red Sox above them, but these two teams, like Tampa Bay, are going to be highly under-owned. you got guys that can hit from both sides of the plate here. So I think you want to grab some bats here. This is your one-off spot. A guy like Braun at 3,000 is too cheap. He's been hitting lefties. He's a lefty masher. We all know that. So, you know, Braun's in a good spot. I already mentioned Rosario's in a good spot. Polanco's in a good spot. Kepler's in a good spot. Marvin Gonzalez is in a good spot at 3,300. So this is going to be a spot where you can stack for sure. You avoid both pitchers. But you just have to start grading these teams out. Do you like the Yankees better or Boston better? Or do you want to grab one of these Milwaukee stacks or Minnesota stacks? Um, I think they're probably top five stack on both sides. So is there anybody you want to mention these two games? Do you do you have any guts to play a guy like Perez? Or you're kind of thinking the same thing I am? Perez has the more talent. There's no doubt there. And he's pitched better this year. Especially Zach Davies is a much better pitcher at home than he is on the road, and obviously he's on he's on the road Tuesday night. Um, but I'm not touching Perez. Milwaukee's lineup is too talented, too offensive, uh, up and down, one through eight. It, it's really they can do damage almost anywhere. Um, it's a shame that the weather wasn't really good on Monday night, or t- so we can see some of the offensive fireworks. These two teams have been two of the best offensive teams in all of baseball so far this season. On the other side, I may have some interest picking on Davies. Like I said, he doesn't have A-plus stuff. He doesn't strike out people, and he's better at home. So you put him against the team that is leading the major leagues in home runs, I might have some interest there. Yeah, I think, like I said, both these games are stackable. Avoid both pitchers. Don't even think twice. There's better pitchers, you know, higher and lower than both these guys. So I'm staying away. Um, we have Houston versus Chicago. Houston at home versus Leicester. This is a bad matchup for Leicester here. You know, with all the power from the right side with Springer and Bregman, um, this is not a, a spot for Leicester at all. They're going to be running on them. They're going to be hitting on them. You know, I know Springer is, you know, he's, he's on, on the, the DL now with the hamstring. Yeah. So they get a little bit, you know, they can avoid him. But guys like Mariznick has been filling in great for them. So it's not a not a game I want to pitch either of these pitchers. Um, Corbin Martin, he flashed some upside in his first start. But he hasn't been that great, you know, in his next two starts. I know he faced Boston, which is a tough matchup for anybody. But I'm avoiding 
both these pitchers. Again, not one of my top stacks of the night from either side. But if you can get some value, like a guy like Marisnik, where you know some of these Cubs come in with value, a guy like Schwarber, only thirty-one hundred. You know, Rizzo, nobody's gonna touch Rizzo at forty-four hundred. So as a one-off, if you got the money, you know you can pick and choose a couple of these bats and attack both these pitchers. You know, Correa, you know, versus Lester, Alex Bredman versus Lef- Lester. A lot of these guys make sense here. Um, so I can see a couple spots here, but they're not the clear-cut stack like these other games that we mentioned. So, again, I'm avoiding the pitchers. If if somebody lands to me and I want to be a little bit different in a GPP, and I have no problem taking some Cubs or Houston bats, but not one of the best games to target bats from. Do you have any opinions on a guy like Schwarber or paint up for a guy like Rizzo that's going to be under-owned or a guy like Bregman? Are you are you attacking these pitchers, or are you just kind of it's a neutral spot for you? I have a couple interesting tidbits here. So are you ready for this, Jason? A shoot, uh, shoot brother. Di Diaz just went on the IL. Um, Jose Altuve was supposed to make his appearance back in Houston on Wednesday. There are rumors that he may be activated a day early and be in tomorrow night's lineup against the lefty mainly because of the Diaz injury, and they want some in there. So keep an eye out on any Altuve news. On FanDuel, he's priced only at 3500 He already has a couple games under his belt at the AAA level, so he's basically ready to be activated and uh, put back in the lineup. So I would have some interest there. Now, the other interesting tidbit is I have, have you, you know what a, a conspiracy theorist is? They're always looking at stuff like that. Well, in the DFS industry, it's the John Lester regression theorist that he always pitches far better than what his stuff really shows and what the advanced statistics like XFIP and Sierra and that kind of stuff shows. They basically say they pick on him every time out because one time out, he's going to get blown up. He generally limits damage and pitches better than what he really shows. But this may be a spot where you do look to pick on him, especially if, Altuve's back. There are a lot of big right-handed bats. Korea and Bregman, like you said, Mariznick at the bottom of the order, order has power from the right-hand side. So if you want to go contrarian and pick on Lester on the road in a good hitting park against a team that can mash some lefties, go for it. On the other side, yeah, I mean, the Cubs are priced up, but they do far better offensively, in my mind, at Wrigley than on the road. So I don't have a ton of interest. Like you said, maybe you have some at the top of the order in Schwarber. I've always liked Schwarber. Now that he's hitting leadoff, I really like him, but probably not too much tomorrow. Yeah, it's a sneaky spot. You know, I don't think too many people are going to be taking, you know, Cubs or Astros with these bigger games, you know, in play. So I think there's sneaky spots. I think, you know, some smart money might look to take advantage of the heavy ownership in other spots and stack a team like Houston, or maybe even stack a team like Chicago, because nobody's going to be on Chicago tomorrow. You can get all these guys at low ownership. Um, so in GPPs, find some spots like that throughout the year where you just you just got this gut feeling that, you know what, it's a GPP, I'm going to go for broke here, and I'm going to get all these guys that, you know, are perennial, perennial all-stars who have power in a matchup that they're all going to be, say, 10% owned or less. And that's what you're going to get from both these sides tomorrow. So, you know, I like the, I like the spot for a sneaky GPP play. 
you know, either as a one-off here or there with a couple guys or full stacks from either side or is, is playable. But it doesn't come in before Milwaukee, Minnesota, Boston, Yankees for me. It kind of lands in that Tampa Bay zone where I can see it being sneaky. I can see it paying off if it goes right. Now we're going into Chicago. We got Giolito versus Brad Keller. Giolito now, another guy who's been pretty much shocking the world. Um, complete game, nine innings, nine strikeouts, shutout um, in his last start versus Houston of all teams. That was just last week. He dropped 64 points. A start before that at Toronto drops 52. A start at Cleveland drops 56. I don't know who this guy is anymore. This is a guy that, you know, for the last couple of years we've been picking on. I'm not picking on him no more, especially with Kansas City. But now I'm thinking, do I have to pitch this guy? You know, because he's he's been pitching lights out. You know, he's and he's kind of somebody you really have to consider and erase the name from your, your memory and say, okay, 9,400 for a guy who's been dropping 50, 60 points in a good matchup versus KC in a – you know, in a park that, you know, plays pretty equal, maybe it leans a little bit towards hitters, but depending on how the weather is in Chicago tomorrow, Giolito has to be in serious consideration, and he's not going to be too owned. You know, the Sharks will be on him, but I can't see him having that high of ownership with a guy like Strasburg and Boyd on the slate. Um, Giolito, he's in he's in my player pool, i got to say it. Um, yeah, the weather should be fairly decent uh, for pitchers, not hot, not freezing cold either, so sort of in between. And the other fascinating thing about Giolito, he would have had a good chance at four consecutive 50-plus games, but that two starts to go against Toronto, that was a rain-shortened game where we actually got a complete game out of it, but he only went five innings. He only got 30 fantasy points on FanDuel, so he would have had a really good shot at another 50 points. So, yeah, this guy, uh, he's discovered something. He was a highly touted prospect back in 2015, 2016. Sometimes it just takes a few years for these guys to figure it out at the major league level, and I think we're in the middle of it. Now, his price on FanDuel is 9400 I haven't seen what it is on DK. So it's not like you're getting a complete bargain, but it's still far cheaper than uh, Strasburg, as you said. Yeah, look at look at. I think he had a rain shortened start. I think this yes. game got rained out, but that he pitched was the Toronto one two starts. No, no, the one before that in you know versus Kansas City, he went two point two innings and had five Ks. Yes, so yeah, you're right. He's had that was a rain issue. That was a game yeah. that I don't know if he got pulled. There was an in, yep. injury. There might have been a an injury there because he missed the start after that. Yeah. yeah. So, but look yeah. what he did in two point two innings. Five Ks, pretty impressive. No hits in those innings. He basically struck out almost everybody he faced. And then to open up this year, he pitched in Kansas City, went six and two-thirds, eight Ks, um, two home runs, quality start with the win, dropped 48. So if, you know, recent history in in facing Kansas City and facing other teams, he's been lights out, man. He's he's a guy that you really got to consider, erase the name. And I don't know, you know, him or, or Strasburg, do I take the discount of $1,200 and go Giolito? I think I do. I think he's a better, you know, dollar-for-dollar dollar play than a guy like Strasburg. Boyd, better matchup um, overall, but I think that's still close. You know, I think they're within a couple points of each other. He has the same upside, so it's going to be tough, 
tough deciding. Like, is Giolito really cash viable? Is he better point per dollar over a guy like Strasburg and Boyd? I think it's closer than people think. I think it will come under-owned between the three of them just based on his name alone. But if I had a pick right now, I'd probably slide Giolito above both of them. And if I if I need value, I'll probably, you know, lean on Bundy. I'm not taking either bats in this game. Keller's been pretty good. So I have to seriously think about Giolito in cash games and in uh, GPPs as well. Any yeah, other factors you want to speak about in this game? Well, getting back to Giolito, I know we spent a lot of time on him. But you can't rewrite history. But his three worst starts were against Seattle in the second start of the year. And if you remember that, Seattle was on fire to begin the year offensively. His mm-hmm. next worst start was his next start against the Yankees. So, you know, the Yankees uh, master ball. And then his third worst start was against the Red Sox. Again, an A-plus offensive team. Basically, whenever he's handled a gun against a subpar team or even not a subpar team because he just shut out Houston, He's pitched really well. I would think he pitches really well again tonight. So, obviously, like you just said, bats. I'm not looking at any Kansas City bats at all. Uh, the White Sox, I mean, Keller, like you said, he's classic, limits the damage. He doesn't get blown up. So, I'm probably not going to go anywhere there. Maybe if I was going to do a one-off, you know what, the guy that's kind of sneaky good and he's shown some potential since returning from the injury list is Jimenez, the rookie. Um I'm trying to look up at his price now, but I'm stuck on the utility spot. But uh, he may be the guy. It's uh, three thousand. I think yeah, he's a little expensive a little to attack. Yeah, you know, righty righty. So I'm gonna yeah. stay away. But I think you gotta look at you gotta look at Giolito as some serious contention. But let's keep the show going. Um, this is the obvious stack. You got Kelly versus Sanzatella. We're in. If our listeners don't know, Mark, you'll give a brief description on how the ball plays in Colorado because, yeah, we have some some newbies in the industry that are, listen to the podcast, you know, for the first time and don't really know how Colorado plays. But you want to grab as many bats from this game as possible. Um, start with the lefties, but don't forget about Story and Arenado. You got Murphy. You got Tapia. You got David Dahl, McMahon, Rogers if he's in there, Desmond if he's in there. Don't worry about guys at the bottom of the lineup. They're all going to get four bats. Um, these two pitchers, nothing special at all. This game is most likely going to finish in double digits, maybe both teams in double digits. This is a game that is it's a clear-cut number one plays in front, of both, in front of Boston, in front of the Yankees. Guys like Dyson, Marte, Escobar, you know, on the other side. I give Colorado the edge because Peralta's not in the lineup. He's, you know, still but grab as many bats from this game as possible you know doubles become triples here triples become home runs here singles become triples this this park plays like a little league field you know especially when you have two bad pitchers facing each other it's everybody's in play you can't tell me a name in this in either of these lineups that come out tomorrow that i don't think are, are playable so avoid both pitchers mark Give the listeners a breakdown of how Colorado traditionally plays, why it plays that way. So, you know, we give everybody some education today on the show. Okay, so real quickly, it's 5,000 feet above sea level. That means it has very low air density. The higher you go up in the atmosphere, the lower the air density gets. 
Lower air density means that a batted ball will smash into less air molecules as it flies. That means there's less friction on it. That means the ball will carry further. Now, air density can be controlled by three factors, and the far most important factor is elevation. The other factors are temperature and then moisture content. So we're not going to talk about temperature and moisture content right now, just to use elevation. When they designed that park, they knew that they had to do something special or there would just be 70 home runs hit by every single player there, basically. So they had to set the fences back as far and as legally they could do by Major League Baseball, that it is by far each uh, outfield fence, uh, left, center, and right, is far is the furthest in all of baseball in each one um, on average when you put them all three together. By doing that, though, you all of a sudden, you still only have three outfielders back there. You have a lot more ground to cover than a normal, just look at Fenway Park when you have the left field. Seems like the shortstop and the left fielder can shake hands to each other. In cores, they're a million miles apart, seemingly. So, as you just said, bloopers fall in. Singles get into the gaps and all of a sudden become doubles and triples. So, it's, yes, cores is always by far the best offensive park in baseball in a season and any slate as well. But it's not necessarily just because of the homers. It's just because of the ability to, to string hits together. And not necessarily just singles, but extra base hits, too. Coors Field is always in the top three in doubles and triples hit uh, per game over the season. Now, tomorrow the weather is going to change. It is going to be cooler and damp. A lot of There is debate in the industry and by um, just physicists in general that does that temperature change matter at cores just because the air density is still going to be low because the elevation is obviously not changing. But yes, there are studies that even though um, the air density remains low, when it is cooler and damper, uh, especially cooler, the ball does not carry quite as well and there's not as many runs scored tomorrow. So the last two games, it was mild basically in the 70s and the ball really carried even though there weren't a ton of runs scored on Sunday. But tonight, uh, no, on Monday, excuse me, holiday, there's two bad pitchers at cores. It seemingly is a good recipe for offense. Yeah, you want to attack, attack these pitchers, get as many bats in this game as possible. It's going to be tough looking at your lineups, you know, with a 635 Eastern start. You're going to be, you know, trailing everybody. And people who stack these early games, they're, they're going to feel like, oh, my God, I'm winning a ton of money. But once this you know, this, the fireworks go off in Colorado, you better be hopeful you have some of these guys in your lineup, like Astoria or Renato. You see what they've done recently. You know, once you get in a rhythm, playing a couple series back-to-back in Colorado, this is where these guys make their living. So this game is going to blow up. Um, I like both sides. I like Colorado's side better. I'm going to try my best to get four guys from Colorado, get Dyson and a couple guys from Arizona, maybe pick, you know, some – Yankees bats or Boston bats, but this is a clear cut. If I'm making one lineup, I'm getting as many guys from this this game as possible. An interesting thing you can do, too, is uh, Rodgers and McMahon, I believe, play the same position or generally the same price, but only one have been playing. So when I have been using cores, you just are able to late swap one of them out once you see the lineup. Good point, good point. So now we got a matchup in Oakland going from one of the best hitters' parks to one of the worst hitters' parks. You got Montas is looking like he's facing Tropiano. I don't really like to stack too much in Oakland unless, you know, it's a complete gas can on, on the hill. 
especially with a game in cores. I don't want to spend too much time on hitters unless, you know, Mark has a great take on somebody. But Montas is interesting. He's been great this year. Nobody plays him. But I think at a similar price tag, Giolito has shown a higher ceiling than Montas and has a better matchup tomorrow. So, like, if it was a smaller slate or you're playing the late slate, I think Montas is in play. But I think if you're comparing Montas to a guy like Giolito or a guy like Boyd or even Strasburg, he comes in um, a little bit less um, on a ceiling and a little lower on a floor. The Angels can hit. So not a guy I'm really considering unless you're playing like a late slate where you have a, a limited pitcher count. And I'm not really attacking him with any Angels. Uh, I'm not really looking to attack. You know, I know Tropiano is not a great pitcher, but I just think there's better spots tomorrow to really attack. Do you got a feeling, you know, on these on these A's? Do you want to stack them at all? Or do you like Montas more than Giolito? How do you feel about this game? I like Giolito better than Montas, mainly because I, I, the Angels have more talent offensively than Kansas City. Once you get by their top three in Kansas City, it's kind of smooth sailing. The Angels are a little deeper. You obviously have Trout you have to deal with. But then again, you have the lefties on on Anaheim. They're some of their best hitters as well, of Lestella and, and um, Otani and Calhoun. So that, I'm going to leave Giolito spend $200 more than Montas. On the other side, um, I, who's starting for uh, the Angels again? It's looking like Tropiano. We're doing oh, yeah, this the night before, but, you know, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to stack them, but if you see something, you tell our, our, our listeners. If you see anybody that, you Is know, Matt really. Olsen affordable? Um, 3100 I would, I would call that affordable as a one-off. I think he does make a lot of sense. You're not going to really get anybody with that kind of power potential at that price tag at first Him and Guerrero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it makes some sense, you know, to kind of play a one-off. But overall, I'm going to stay away. Let's get into one of the toughest spots for me to predict. This guy, Rich Hill, I can't get him right. You know, the days I play him in a, in a, in a good matchup for him, he gets, you know, 12 points versus San Diego. Then he plays a team like Tampa Bay, who's been tough on lefties. He drops 40 points, gets a quality start, and strikes out seven. Um, he dropped 58 versus Cincinnati. His price tag is always appetizing because he's so inconsistent. I can never get the guy right. The Mets have been showing some pop. They got Alonzo to deal with. Rosario's been hitting better. I'm not going to attack Hill. He's going to come up with some projection models as a good start in a pitcher's park with his recent success. He comes in affordable. I just don't know what to do with a guy like Rich Hill. I can never get this guy right, I'll be honest. I'll take the discount with Bundy, or I'll pay up and get Giolito. And Hill can, you know, Hill can get you your 40, 50 points. I just, I, I can't, I can't see myself stomach him, you know, having a good day the entire day. Maybe getting Colorado right or Arizona or New York right, and then my game and all the money comes out in Rich Hill, and then he puts up another dud for me. I know I want to erase my recency bias with playing him earlier in the season, and he's coming off two good starts, but I'm not going to stomach it. I think he's, you know, in line for 30, 40 points, but when I don't play him, he does well. When I play him, he does, you know, pretty terrible. So 
Do you have any insight on, on a guy like Rich Hill or Steven Matz? For me, this is kind of has an avoid spot. There's better spots on a pitching side for me, and there's better spots on a hitting side. I'm pretty much crossing this off unless you can sway me on Rich Hill. Yeah, I have some insight. Well, you let me know how, what you do with him because then I'll do the opposite. As just... <laughs> That's an easy um, play right there. Yeah, well, I'll um, tell you right now, I'm not going to play him. I, I can't okay. stomach it again. Yeah, I mean, the, the weird thing is the Dodgers are basically the Tampa Bay of the National League with a lot more talent because they're very analytical. Even though Rich Hill has done great his last two starts, he hasn't gone more than six innings in any of those starts. They're very pitch type. I mean, uh, pitch count oriented. They won't let their starters go deep in the games. So you're, you're kind of capped right there because you know you're not going eight innings, possibly nine or anything like that, where you're going to get additional points for that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, so generally I don't use Hill either because I always think that he's a soft-tossing lefty. He's not going to strike out a ton. But like you said, his last two starts, I think it was one game with ten strikeouts and the other with eight. So – He's there. He has been striking out batters, but they were against Cincinnati, which is a really poor baseball team. And it was seven strikeouts against Tampa Bay in Tampa. And that was before Meadows had really, I think, started taking off and really given the Tampa Bay offense a jump start. So, yeah, I'm not using Hill either. So Jason's not using Hill. I'm not using Hill. Everyone else go use Hill and make some money, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much is what's going to happen. Uh, the last game on the slate, it has an avoid spot on all angles for me. You got Marco Gonzalez for Adrian Sampson. I wish Sampson was going against a better offense, but Seattle's been ice cold. Yep. Then you got Gonzalez, who doesn't have the strikeout upside, versus a team full of lefties, and he's a lefty in a pitcher's park. So... He's pretty middle of the pack for me. I don't I don't like him because he doesn't have the upside with strikeouts. This is pretty much an avoid spot for me. If they were in Texas, different story. But right. playing in Seattle, Pitchers Park, um, not a team that I want to approach from either side. You can hear in my voice. I'm not really too excited to even talk about these guys. Mark, if you got anything to say, go ahead and say it. But this is a avoid spot on all angles for me. I know Kyle Seeger just made his season debut, and I was hoping he was going to be minimum priced and say that's a guy you can look at. But he's 2900 He's third base. You know my man crush on Vlad Guerrero, who's cheaper than him, so I'm not even going there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gonzalez had a good start to the season, but he's come back to earth. He's a journeyman pitcher. There's no one I'm liking there. And then, I mean, if he was right-handed, I would say, well, let's go use some left-handed bats from Texas. But he's not. He's a lefty. So I'm not using Gallo. I'm not using Odor. Um, Hunter Pence is a guy you would look at because of how good he's been this year. But he's priced up at 3900 He's not that good. I'm going to go other places for my $3,900 in the outfield. So, yeah, I don't like this game either. Yeah, on a full slate, there's, there's better options across the board. So just a quick <laughs> recap. You know, we have Coors Field game. Get as many bats as you can from Coors Field. Yankees and the Red Sox are in good spots. This Milwaukee-Minnesota game is going to go under-owned. I think that's a spot to grab some bats. If you want to be sneaky, you know, we mentioned Houston versus Leicester or these Rays um, versus Richards. Other spots are going to go under-owned. Pitching-wise... It's, it's a tough day with pitching. You know, it's not anybody that's going to say, you know, jump out on the page. Oh, I got to pitch Matt Boyd versus Baltimore has been hot. 
I got to pitch Bundy versus Detroit, or I got to pitch Strasburg versus Atlanta, or this guy Lucas Giolito versus Kansas City. But you're going to have to make a choice between one of those guys, I think. You know, I think Giolito, if you're going to take his recent success, his success versus Kansas City, I think he's the best guy, you know, at that price point, around 9400 on FanDuel. But Strasburg has the pedigree. He can have a good game any day. Boyd has what we thought is the weakest matchup on the board if we take the first couple of weeks. But now with Nunez and a couple other people in that lineup hitting, you know, it's someone that you have to be a little bit more worrisome of. And I think a guy like, you know, Bundy at 7200 coming in versus Detroit, I think he's one of your better value plays. And then you got guys like Nick Pavetta, who some people are going to take a chance on him, and he might pay off. He might be your best value player tonight. Or maybe a guy like Samarja just goes through Miami and decides to have, you know, a breakout game and lights up Miami for 40 points. So there's a lot of different ways. I don't think ownership's going to be too heavy on one guy like there was, you know, in the early slate with Max. I think it's going to be spread out. I think some some players are going to grab Bundy, Pavetta, or Samarja for cheap. And I think, you know, some other DFS players are going to grab Boyd, Strasburg, and Giolito. And I think Rich Hill is just going to kind of fall in the middle. So that's the way I see this slate breaking out. Mark is going to be updating you all day long on WindDailyDFS.com with weather reports to keep you in check with weather. We're going to have four articles being published first thing in the morning, you know, on Tuesday morning to kind of reevaluate things, maybe get some more information on Pavetta, you know, how he did in the minors. I've heard some reports, too, that he's been striking people out, maybe figure out his game. And if that's the case, he might be worth a chance in GPPs. But check out WindDailyDFS.com. We have two projection models. We have weather updates from a professional meteorologist and Mark Paquette. You know, we have articles coming out from Scott Engel and a couple other DFS pros. So check out the site. All the content is for free. WindDailyDFS.com. Hit us up on Twitter with any questions, comments, concerns at WindDailyDFS. And, uh, Mark, any finishing finishing thoughts? Yeah, um, I guess we overlooked price a little bit too look up his injuries record make sure he's good to go it's probably not a guy i'm going to head towards but at least that's another option but i think you nailed it in such a big slate with no huge name as your starting pitcher ownership will be spread out so don't worry about what everyone else is using just go with the guy that you think is going to have the best game and like you said uh we have some targets in mind giolito stands out bundy pavetta look into um, and then go from there. So I think that's a great point, Mark. And, yeah. you know, one I always got to remind myself, if I'm going to go in and put my money at risk, I'd rather win or lose with my own choice. And a day like tomorrow is a perfect example of this. I'm going to have to remind myself because I'll be looking at our site and I'll be here, you know, industry people that I trust talking about different plays. But it's nothing worse than taking guys that you're not so sure about just because somebody else said so and then lose money based on them when your gut was telling you go with a guy like Giolito and you would have won money. So trust your gut tomorrow. Check out our articles. Check out our projections. But when it comes down to building your lineups, go with what you feel is the best, you know, best setup for you, something that you feel comfortable with. We're just here as a guide to try to guide you with you know, the guys to strictly avoid, the games to avoid, and the games to target and the pitches to target. The rest is up to you. It's in your hands. So go with your gut. Go with your intuition. 
do your research. You know, I hope everybody had a safe and happy Memorial Day, and let's make some money on this Tuesday. Ah!